We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Smarter Parenting ADHD Podcast. I am one of your hosts, and I'm joined by the other hosts. So Kimber Hi. is here. Hi, Kimber. Uh, we actually are joining together today, and we're going to go through what we can do to communicate with our children about the difficulties that are happening around the world. Like, how do we talk about difficult subjects, specifically with all the things that are happening? Now, we do want to give a shout out to, um, you know, parents who are working with their children through these struggles of trying to make sense of the world when things seem so chaotic. In reference to what's going on in the Ukraine with Russia and the world and the reaction of the world to what is happening on that stage, this can be a very difficult time for children to understand what is happening or to feel safe. And so this podcast is focused in on discussing how can you communicate about these things with your children in a way that will help them feel safe, but also help them understand what is going on in the world. So Kimber's here and we're just going to be sharing um, our own thoughts and our opinions, but we do want to focus in on using the skill of effective communication because effective communication has all of the steps you need in order to communicate well with your child and also to have your child communicate well with you. So there's a reciprocation when you are communicating with each other. This is a big topic, and I think it's great that we're able to do this one together. Yeah I, yeah. I think one of the biggest questions for a lot of parents is just how to start off the conversation. And obviously, it is on a lot of people's minds and in a lot of people's conversations with their spouses or other adults in their life. But then um, trying to figure out how to how to protect your children and care for your children and communicate with your children, all of those different hats to juggle, I guess. How do, how do parents start that conversation? So parents can begin that conversation by being very aware of their own responses to these items. When children are exposed to things that they are unsure of, they don't have a template of how to respond. So they usually will adopt what a parent is doing or how they respond to something. So it's important for a parent to step out of the emotion of what's happening and start asking questions. So you're just really jumping back to observe and describe where you are. You can observe what's happening and ask your child some questions, describe what they understand of what is happening in the world. If I were communicating with a young child about everything going on, I actually wouldn't bring up the topic. I would ask them a question like, well, there's a lot going on. Have you? What do you know about what's happening in the world? And then let the child guide that conversation because they may know a lot or they may know nothing at all. And we want to be respectful of where they're at and meet them where they're at and give them the information that they need if they want it without overpowering and like becoming the absolute voice for everything. Now, again, the important part about doing this is removing the emotional response that you may have to some of these things that are happening in the world. If you are upset and angry and crying, this actually models that type of behavior for your child when discussing these issues. So that's the one thing I think, uh, that's the one solid piece of advice that I give to a lot of parents when they struggle with communication is if you can step out of the emotion and just be there and evaluate where your child is at 
you're going to be in a better place to communicate about these things, you know? Yeah. You know, one of the ways I like to think about that is, is just picturing kind of the dynamics of that relationship, right? You've got the child who has their own thoughts, feelings, emotions. You've got the parent that's got that. And then you have to be able to bridge that with communication. And so you as the parent, it's, it's natural to have your own response. I feel my own response to the things that are going on. Um, but if you can't self-manage, then you won't be able to kind of co-manage or co-regulate some of those emotions that your child is going to have. So first take a minute and just take some time for yourself and to just feel like you've got a little bit of bearings on, on how you're absorbing this information, how you are processing it before you start that conversation so that you can have a clear mind going into it and then, and then bring your kids into that space. Once you've got that control and that awareness of, of how you're going to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, it's not as easy as it sounds. I mean, really we are emotional beings, even parents are emotional. And so, (laughs) you know, being able to remove yourself from an emotional topic can be very, very difficult. But that really does require a lot of introspection on your end and thinking, what is the end that I want in mind for this conversation with my child? So if we're going to talk about war, uh, what's happening in the world in regards to safety, and I want my child to feel safe after we have this discussion. So then I backtrack from that. Will my questions and will my interaction with my child help my child feel safe? And if it does, then that's what I aim to do during the interaction. And if it doesn't, then I have to evaluate what will what will be necessary in order to help my child get into that space. So, you know, removing the emotion is one part. The other part is keeping in mind what you want your child to feel or understand at the end of your discussion is always helpful for parents to be able to guide them through this discussion of difficult topics. You know? Yeah. And kind of working your way backwards, just like you were saying before. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that the the questions really help guide what your child developmentally and mentally and emotionally can can handle. Yeah. Uh, because kids at different ages are all going to handle different things. My conversation with my five-year-old is going to look much different from your conversation with your 18-year-old. Exactly. So how do we how do we best know how to manage that? I think the questions help guide that a little bit. Mm-hmm. How do I know? what I should be disclosing at different ages or, or where to draw the line or what that looks like. You know, there are um, things that parents do need to be aware of. And that is that it's always best to answer the question that the child is answering. So if a child is uh, coming to you with a question about something, answer the question, but don't give more information than they are asking for. So say a young child as young as three is asking his parents, where do babies come from? And the mother replies, well, they come from mommy's tummy and the child is satisfied with that and moves on about their day. That's great. You know, we don't need a diagram or video explanation about where babies come from. We just Mm -hmm. give them the information that they're asking for. And that's the level that they're at. And so we're meeting them where they're at, giving them enough that can help them feel safe and then moving on. And that's that's one thing that uh, parents will have to also evaluate is, you know, you want to share everything you know with your child. And I, I've heard this before and I feel it all the time. I wish I could just take all my experience and knowledge 
from my life and my brain and just drop it into my child so she could have a better life. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't but, make the same mistakes I did. We hear exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Don't make the same mistakes. But the reality is, is that's impossible. They need to navigate through these things and they need to work through these things. And so our best role as our children are growing is to become uh, their mentors, their guides, their examples along the way uh, to model what is appropriate, what is not appropriate, which is what I love about the skills is it teaches us as parents how we can best model these behaviors so our children know how to be more resilient in difficult times. For my daughter, uh, she's 18 years old and talking about difficult subjects like what's going on with the war, I ask her questions. I say, what have you heard about it? And she shares with me what she's heard. And then I say, well, what do you think about it? And then she shares what she thinks. I don't interject my thoughts about it. I don't talk about what I think about it. I let her come to me with all that information. And from there, we can parse things out and communicate a little more safely about her perceptions of things, what might be true, what might not be true. Uh, and that helps guide our conversation. So depending on the age, your children are asking questions all the time. Answer the question that they're asking, but don't give them more than they need or more than they're asking. Let them kind of guide that process. You know? And when you're a safe person to talk to, when you're responding in these ways that you're talking about and you <clears throat> have that um, emotional control and you've processed it and know how you want those conversations to end and how they want how you want them to feel, you become a safe person to ask questions too, and your yeah. kids will come back and ask more questions, right? The, the three-year-old example that you gave earlier about where do babies come from, the answer in a mommy's tummy is sufficient at three, but when you're the safe person to ask questions to, they're going to come back at five and ask the same question again, and then at seven, and they're going to say, well, but, but how does this work? Or how do they come out of your tummy? Or, right? More questions are going to come as they develop, mm -hmm. and they start being more curious about the world. And, and we want those questions to keep coming back to you as the parent instead of the other sources of information where they could come from, because who knows what they're learning <laughs> from their friends and all of that kind of fun stuff. It's so true. It's so true. There's so many different voices vying for their attention and so much information out there coming from all sources that are contradictory and that are difficult to parse out for them. And so it's important for us to be able to create that space where, hey, I can ask my parent a question. They're going to answer my question and there's not going to be any emotional response or anger or frustration. They're just going to give me information that I need. Um, there's something really beautiful about creating that space. And the earlier you can start, the better off you're going to be when the more difficult questions start coming up, you know. Yeah. And sometimes those questions are really difficult. So, I mean, in, in preparing for and thinking about these conversations, kind of just preparing yourself for those hard questions that might come up and how you might respond to it and keeping in mind that being honest and being um, clear and safe for your kids is going to help more so than trying to shield or hide the information for them. That's just going to damage that. Yeah. Um, so when questions come up, like, for example, if you had a child that came to you and and disclosed, you know, I'm hearing these things about what's going on in, in the Ukraine and, um, you know, people are people dying. You know, some of those hard questions, 
what's, what's, I guess, what's your instinctual reaction to that CLP? If, if your child came to you and was asking you a hard question that maybe you were inclined to shield them from, how would you instead navigate that? You know what? I would tell them the truth only because the truth always comes out. It will come out either from you or later. But if you lie and you don't tell them the truth, then that puts your relationship in danger. So uh, if, if she came up to me and she's like, are people dying? She's obviously ready to have a conversation about that. And I would tell her the truth. I'd say, yes, there are people that are dying, but let's talk about that. How does that make you feel? What is going on in your thought process about people dying? And let her explain where she's at and then work through those emotions. It's better to do it that way than to um, endanger a relationship by lying about something. You know, I, I'm a strong proponent of parents not lying to their kids um, at any time because it makes you. I don't know. It can question your relationship with your children when they feel like you're not going to be honest with them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've had some really difficult discussions with my daughter about difficult topics and they've been fine. I mean, being honest seems to have worked the best because now she still comes back for more questions. Yeah, exactly. You, you want to keep that door open and that's going to be much more powerful. Yeah. So the question is, is if you want to hide something for your child, that is something that you intrinsically are feeling you need to, but ask yourself this question. Why do you feel you need to lie? Or why do you feel like you need to deceive your child into believing something that's not true? Why is that important? And you're probably thinking, well, to keep them safe. And well, does lying really keep them safe? You know, or is it better to answer their question, and then guide them through how to be safe with the reality of the truth. So yeah, it's, uh, it's always important to tell the truth to your kids. Yeah, absolutely. We, we want them to keep coming to you with the questions as the parent instead of going to their peers. And, and they're still going to hear things from their peers regardless. Yeah, They will probably hear things that are true, things that are not true. They're also going to hear things that our perspectives or opinions, and they are learning to navigate what's the difference between a fact and an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a lot of heaviness to that. Yeah. So what do we do when our kids, maybe they, they go to school and they have peers that are talking about, um, you know, these really heavy topics without fully understanding what's going on. And instead they are saying things, things that potentially we don't want our child to repeat, right? We know that that kids will get together and they'll say a variety of things. So they, it could be anything from kids saying bomb threats to one another, which is just inappropriate and not safe. And, and it's just because that's the language they're hearing around them. Mm-hmm. Or it could be serious topics of political parties and those kinds of things that they don't fully have the knowledge to make some of those decisions. And they're still developing that. And so we want our kids to understand, you know, a variety of different perspectives and to mm-hmm. learn from a more neutral standpoint, instead of forcing in a certain viewpoint or perspective that's going to shape their future. Absolutely. So I guess yeah. my question is, when when they are hearing all of these different things, these heavy topics mm. with peers and stuff, how do I then navigate as the parent helping my child get a greater perspective or point of view instead of just falling into line with their peers? You know, asking additional follow-up questions, challenging some of those thoughts, but in a in a non-emotional way. What's been interesting is that in raising a child, 
during the pandemic and during all this craziness that's been going on for the last couple of years and then wars and riots and protests and so many things that have happened we've had to have these discussions they pop up all the time she's having these discussions with friends and because we've created a safe environment she can ask us questions and she knows we're going to tell her the truth as far as we know according to the facts if there is something we don't know we will look it up and uh, then we can have a discussion of how does this make you feel what what can we do in order to improve your feelings of safety around this topic now there are a few things that i feel like parents need to discuss with their children um, and bring the topic up beforehand that includes what to do if suicide is mentioned what to do if there's a bomb threat in a school and these conversations need to happen earlier than later my daughter for example we talked to her about uh, suicide early on when she's in school because there were a lot of kids at least in the area that we live in there was a high percentage of, of kids taking their own lives and so it was important for us to start communicating about that issue here and we set up some boundaries for her and the boundary was if anyone talks to you and says anything about suicide that's not your problem that is an adult problem and it has to be reported so if somebody if one of your friends and this happened to her in junior high one of her friends came up and was talking about suicide and she said you know i can keep confidence but i won't keep that that's something i will not keep as a secret so she reported it and of course her friend was upset you know but the reality is is there are some things that if you set the boundaries early and you have those communications early they'll know exactly what to do and not be in a quandary about ooh do i do i keep this to myself do i not share um so yeah some of those topics do need to be brought up early whenever there's a, a a sense of danger for themselves or for other people and again that comes with the communication with the parent and the child give them specific boundaries of what they can and cannot do what they should do another issue has been bullying <clears throat> for us <clears throat> i talked to my wife after working in this field before i had children and then with my child i said if my child was ever bullied and i laid this out then we would actually remove her and take her to a different school there's just no fixing it in the environment that she's in and you know some a lot of parents may disagree and they say well kids will be kids and kids will figure it out and kids need to be resilient but really bullying is something that children don't need in school and school is meant for education um and anything distracting from her receiving education is not going to be helpful for her we want to set her up for safety in the long run so unpopular opinion for some parents who feel but i've seen too many children who've been bullied who have ended their own lives because of it they've really struggled with that and sometimes the adults they just can't control uh, take care mm -hmm. of it bullying is an adult issue mm -hmm. for us to resolve for our children you know we wouldn't send our children into dangerous situations why would we send them somewhere they don't feel safe mm -hmm. i wouldn't i personally wouldn't do that Anyways. and it, it brings up that same concept that you were just talking about about making these decisions early on how am i going to handle this when it comes up and for you as a parent that's mm -hmm. 
it's really empowering to know how you're going to handle a certain circumstance before yeah. it comes up. Yeah. I know my husband and I have had the privilege of being foster parents. And so we've had to navigate so many different scenarios and dangerous situations and bullying and running away and suicidal ideation, all of these different really heavy topics with kids. And we've been able to make all of those those decisions on what will happen in our family before our kids are approaching these ages. And it, it really empowers you as a parent. Yeah. But it also empowers your child. Like when you help teach them how to make decisions before they come up. So when you were explaining that scenario of talking to your daughter about suicide before she ever had to have that conversation with a friend, because that's so much scarier to go into it feeling like your loyalties are spread and, and you don't know what to do. You're not quite sure how to make that decision. And you've made the decision beforehand and you've been taught, you've practiced before it comes up. It was probably much, much easier for her to not easy, but it was probably much easier for her to navigate that conversation with a friend because she knew, she knew the steps. Here's what I fall into. And here's, yeah. here's what I do. This expectations already been set. Yeah. You know, we role played the suicide thing a lot mm -hmm. and it was a conversation we had over uh, multiple months. And we continue to have every year before school starts. So she knows exactly what the expectation is. And because we practiced it, she knows the words she's supposed to use, which is, I can keep confidences, but I, I will not keep this. This is not safe. I will report it. And she, she has done that. And she continues to do that. She's a strong advocate for mental health awareness in school. I think that's kind of led her down that path where but we have something called the Hope Squad. She's been in there uh, uh, since she was a sophomore. And the whole idea is to reach out to kids who may be feeling unsafe or have suicide ideation and teach about mental health. I don't know if everything kind of affected her to move in that direction to look out for people who need help, but it definitely was a conversation we continually had as she was growing up because the conversation changed uh, when she first ran into a friend who was telling her this and she reported it. she was terrified that she'd lose the friend and the friend was angry for a while and, but eventually came around and they ended up being friends again later mm -hmm. realizing that my daughter cared enough to get help you know? yeah so and that response isn't surprising for the friend to be angry and so the fact that you guys practiced it you role played it you likely went over that scenario where yeah. a friend would be upset or angry or say that they weren't loyal or those kinds of things and how to be okay with that because you're, this is how you can keep them safe and right. a lot to navigate in the moment, but it's so much more empowering to navigate that and to know what, how to respond before it comes up or it happens. Yeah. I think that's the nuance with parents who are raising children now in this day and age. I mean, it is so complex. There's so many different messages that are being thrown around and children are subject to being influenced by so many different things. And so it's very different from when I grew up. You know, mm -hmm. I grew up, my world pretty much consisted ar around my neighborhood and my school. And that was basically it. Kids nowadays, their world is the world. Yeah. So we have to be prepared as parents to help them navigate all the different things that are happening in the world. Yeah. And understanding that this is a, we are a global village 
in many ways. And so, which has its benefits and its downfalls for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this also brings up those themes of safety that we were talking about and how that's only derived from honesty with your kids and being really honest and clear with them because as much as we may want to shelter them from some of these things going on, that's, it's not preparing them for success. Yeah. And as we talk about some of these heavy topics, I've even reflected and thought about, you know, circumstances of, of kids, even young kids having to navigate communicating sexual abuse or physical abuse or mm-hmm. neglect or those kinds of things. And, and one of the ways that we can help keep them safe is by teaching them honesty and, and helping them navigate and avoid these comments or these conversations of secrecy. Like, you know, I am thinking about killing myself and I, you can't tell anybody, right? If we can teach them to navigate the difference between a dangerous secret Mm -hmm. and, you know, how to navigate being confidential. Well, also there's things that I can't be confidential about. I cannot, I cannot keep that a secret. I cannot do that. Mm -hmm. And how to navigate with your kids at all ages um, you know, secrets aren't safe. Secrets cause damage. So no. there's a difference between a secret and a surprise. Maybe we're preparing a birthday present and we don't want to tell the person what their birthday present is, but we're still going to tell them at the end of the day, that's different than somebody telling you, you're not allowed to tell anybody this, which is a really unsafe thing. Yeah. I mean, really it comes in the area of danger. Like it, does it present a danger to anyone, to a child? to somebody else, then those things need to be uh, dealt with and setting the boundary of this is what you can do as a child, but there are things that you may be confronted with that I have to step in as a parent. I have to step in as an adult to uh, manage this because it's beyond your scope. That definitely is something that in the conversations, when you start having these conversations, those are the things that you're establishing are really firm boundaries of, okay, you are a child. This is what you do in this situation. And then let the adults deal with it, you know, and that and way she doesn't feel like she has to balance between and figure it out on her own. It's a lot of weight for a kid. And it's, it's yeah. honestly a lot of weight for an adult. So if you or your child are navigating some of these really intense conversations where you're talking about suicidality or you're talking about sexual abuse or other forms of abuse, please reach out to a professional and and involve them in that problem solving. So call the suicide hotline, Mm -hmm. reach out to a mental health professional in your area, do these follow-up steps because you're not going to look back and regret reaching out for that support. You're going to look back and regret not doing it. And so it's a really critical safety component that you model that for your children as well. Mm -hmm. This isn't something I want you as my child to carry on your shoulders. It's also, it's a really heavy topic for me as an adult. And so we're going to, we're going to reach out to this community of people that can support us through it. That's great. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's so true. I mean, there are so many support networks out there to help with a lot of different issues and letting your child know, Hey, you're not alone in dealing with this. And I will help you navigate where to go. If we need to get help for somebody like there are food banks to help people who are families who, who need help with food. There are uh, places that can help with uh, rent depending on the city that you're in. So there's a lot of help out there. It's just, Kids don't know what's there because they have not been exposed to it. Adults know, most adults know where they can go, but a lot of children don't know. So it's good. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think it's important for parents to know 
what they're supposed to do and ways that they can intervene and teach their child how to intervene in certain situations and not let the kid try and figure it out because they just have limited means to understand what they can and cannot do. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a lot of heavy topics in this podcast. We've gone over a variety of different current events, really. I mean, these are all things that are happening in the world around us and they're all really challenging circumstances to navigate. Yeah. And so some of the biggest takeaways that we want for our listeners are being a safe person for your kids to ask questions to. That's one of the most critical things that you can do because when you are that safe response, um, then, then they'll come to you and they'll continue coming to you and they'll look towards you as their source of factual information when you're honest and you're open with them in answering their questions. Mm-hmm. Developmentally, we want you to let them guide the conversation and, and take it at their pace and what they can swallow for the time being. And they'll do that by asking you questions and follow-up questions to what they're capable of, but not to push too far beyond that and give them too much information because then it can become blurry and and challenging for them to mentally navigate. And so when it's guided by them, they're a lot more capable of processing that and then coming back to you as they've processed and they've got more. We also want you to make sure that if you are navigating some of these scary or intense conversations with your kids, that you are using effective communication to make sure that you're still on the same page because sometimes things get confusing even when we try to be concise. (laughs) I was talking to my son about something this morning as we were getting ready for his preschool. And I realized I'm, I'm overcomplicating this conversation. (laughs) What did you understand (laughs) from that? And then he repeated back something entirely different. So although well-intended, sometimes we, as our adult brains are functioning, just we communicate things differently than our kids are absorbing. And so using that skill of effective communication, which is found on our website, smarterparenting.com, you go to the learn tab and you click on that to navigate down to effective communication. We have a whole video that breaks it down for you. And we've got free resources and steps that go along with that to help you guide that conversation and feel comfortable with it and help your child feel more open and honest with you as well. And then if you're navigating something that's really heavy and your child discloses information or fears or things that are coming up from their peers or their school, navigating, helping them problem solve that and turning to an adult praising them for telling you about it, but then helping them understand the bigger picture and the resources that go around that. So calling the suicide hotline together or reaching out to the school principal about a bullying topic or looking at some of the facts around what's going on in our world today with the war going on between Russia and the Ukraine and and knowing how and where they should get their information and where they can draw that line with friends or peers. Look, you guys are being funny right now and you're telling jokes with one another, but this really crosses a line for my family. And, and I think these things are funnier. Can we talk about these jokes instead? So learning how to navigate their conversations in a safe way. Yeah. Yeah. Walk away with those. Those are, <laughs> those are great uh, insights in this podcast. We do want you to walk away with those takeaways and to visit the Smarter Parenting website. If you'd like to reach out to us and give us any feedback or questions or clarify things that we've gone over in the podcast. We would love to hear your comments. You can find us on social media at, at Smarter Parenting on Instagram. And if you've got um, you know positive feelings or feedback about our podcast, we would love to get some ratings from you so that we can continue to share this podcast with other parents as they strive to have these heavy conversations too. Awesome. Have a great week, everybody.